Welcome to Better Days Season 6. My name is Wesley Town, and I am so glad you are joining me today. Better Days is a listener-supported nonprofit seeking to bring hope, awareness, and education to the human experience of mental health and suffering. We aim to deconstruct misconceptions of what it means to be human and follow Jesus. If you'd like to learn more or support our work, you can check out our website, betterdaysfmly.co. Again, that's betterdaysfmly.co. Hi, Better Days family. I'm so glad that you joined me today for a conversation around depression and Christianity. This is part two of a multiple part series on depression. And I want to encourage you to listen to the previous episode so that you begin to develop a healthy narrative around this important topic in relationship to Christianity. And today, let's talk about something I mentioned in the last episode. What does the Bible say about depression? When it comes to depression or mental health in Christianity, there's a lot of false constructs, false ideas, false stereotypes. And I think it's really great that we're taking this moment to deconstruct and reconstruct. So this is a little bit of reconstruction by actually looking into what Scripture says, what the Bible says about this human topic and human reality of depression. Depression has been a reality since the beginning of human history. It's not just a current modern mental health condition. The post-Genesis 3 world was deeply affected by sin. God's design for human health and flourishing was undone, and brokenness was felt in every facet of what it means to be human. Therefore, humans experienced all different types of brokenness, psychological brokenness, biological brokenness, relational brokenness, sociological brokenness, and spiritual brokenness. This resulted in human suffering. And depression is a part of human suffering. Now, there's three questions that resonated with me as I was researching depression in the Bible. I did uh, quite an extensive research of this subject in Scripture, and here were the three questions that I kept thinking about. First, how does the Bible frame depression? Second, is depression framed as right or wrong or neutral in the Bible? And then third, could depression be a normal human response to psychological pain and or physical pain or other forms of human suffering? So here's kind of a big picture conclusion, and then we'll get into some details. Depression in the Bible is a form of human suffering and is closely connected with various categories of suffering. For example, you find depression related to mental and emotional anguish, or you could say psychological suffering. You find depression related to sickness and disease, or you could say biological suffering. You find depression related to relationship trauma or social unrest in Israel. Uh, You could call this relational or social suffering. And you find depression related to various challenges connected to spiritual struggles and human sin. And you could call this spiritual suffering. So this 
topic and human experience in Scripture is related to different forms of human suffering. It's clear to me, after extensive research, that the Bible gives an honest and empathetic view of human suffering, including depression and deep human sorrow. It also normalizes mental and emotional pain and approaches these human experiences from a compassionate and empathetic perspective. That's a big picture view. Now let's look at a few examples of biblical characters who walk through deep mental and emotional pain, including depression. And I'd like to start with a character that you wouldn't maybe think of referencing to begin with, but I think this is so important and relatable and helpful. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus was the most mentally and emotionally healthy human in history. And what you find in the life of Jesus is that he felt the full spectrum of human emotions. Jesus felt joy, happiness. Jesus also felt deep pain and sorrow. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 3, Jesus is called or described as this, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The Hebrew word for sorrow, makom, has the idea of mental suffering or mental pain. The Hebrew word for grief, kolai, has the idea of mental pain or mental sickness. When is the last time you heard Jesus described as someone who lived with mental and emotional pain? This was a genuine description of Jesus' emotional atmosphere. He felt deeply the brokenness of life on earth. Jesus was not immune to human pain, whether that was physical pain or mental and emotional pain. And if you remember, at the end of Jesus' life on earth, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane with three of his disciples. He was facing the greatest crisis of his life, and he was crying out in anguish to his Father. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 38, there's a description of the experience that Jesus was processing in his humanity. And three terms are used, sorrowful, troubled, and overwhelmed. The term sorrowful comes from a root word that means pain and has the idea of mental pain or mental anguish. The second word used, troubled, comes from a Greek word that means to be in anxiety or to be distressed. And then the third term, overwhelmed, has the idea of being profoundly sorrowful or crushed by grief. This is Jesus' emotional, mental atmosphere during a crisis. Luke's gospel tells us that not only was Jesus facing deep mental and emotional pain in the Garden of Gethsemane, he also began to sweat drops of blood. This is a reference to a rare medical condition called hematrodosis. Hematrodosis is caused by intense mental and emotional anguish, usually rooted in stress, fear, or some traumatic experience. In fact, Jesus wasn't just crushed and profoundly sorrowful. He says, I am overwhelmed to the point of death. You could say that the symptoms of Jesus' mental and emotional pain were revealed in his physiological reaction of sweating drops of blood. 
Now, why do I point Jesus out first? Here's why. First of all, sometimes when we talk about Jesus, we dehumanize him. It is clear that Jesus felt human brokenness and human pain. He was well acquainted with mental and emotional pain during his life on earth. He understood suffering in all forms from life experience. And he faced experiences of profound grief or sorrow. These were not wrong, unhealthy reactions to human suffering. These were responses to deep pain in the soul, or you could say soul-crushing grief or crises. More than anyone else, Jesus understands pain. More than anyone else, Jesus understands mental and emotional pain. And I think that that sets the precedence to deconstruct some of these false um, teachings, stereotypes, negative ideas around emotions or, you know, an experience like depression or anxiety or any sort of feeling that is demonized as a result of deep pain or human suffering. We hear too much of that in Christianity, and we need to normalize the emotions around pain, suffering, trauma. We need to normalize these experiences, not that we want people to stay there. We want to see people move toward healing. But part of healing is accepting. And part of bringing these things to the surface is normalizing rather than shaming. So we need to normalize rather than shame. And if Jesus can relate to our mental and emotional anguish in connection to human pain and suffering, then we can feel free to talk to other people about it and to talk to him about it and deconstruct all forms of shame and construct this beautiful reality that we can say, if you are suffering, if you are facing depression, if you are facing any sort of mental health condition, it is okay to share. This is a safe place. We know that the one that we follow understands, relates with deep compassion and empathy. So that's why I start with Jesus. And a lot of people are surprised by the nuanced material that Jesus actually experienced these things. The second person that I think is really important to just bring to our attention in building a really healthy viewpoint is Paul. Now, if some of you don't know who Apostle Paul was, let me just give you a short bio. Paul was one of the most influential humans in church history. He was personally called or commissioned by Jesus to bring the gospel to the Roman Empire. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. He was tasked to start churches throughout the Roman Empire, and he wrote nearly half of the New Testament. So his life and vocation and calling had an imprint on history. And it was also accompanied by immense opposition and intense suffering. So much so that at one point, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, one of the churches that he was leading and influencing and pastoring. And he said this, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that, listen to this, 
we despaired of life itself. This is just honest humanity. This is being honest about how he was feeling and what he was experiencing. In fact, the Greek word Paul used for pressure is bareo. Bareo uh, refers to a psychological condition in which a person feels so burdened in suffering that they cannot think of carrying on. Bareo is experience of oppressive suffering that can take place when a person is facing various forms. It could be any form of human suffering, including depression. And then when Paul said, I despaired of life itself, the term despair, it, it refers to being in extreme despair to the point that you don't want to live anymore, that life itself is no longer tantalizing, no longer hopeful, no longer something that, that you're energized to, to live for. And so this is the honesty This is language of human suffering and pain that Paul was communicating. And what I love about this is that this was one of the premier influential leaders. And he was so honest about being human. He was so honest about his humanity. Paul suffered deeply. He felt depression. He lived under the weight of oppressive suffering at times. And he understood extreme despair. When we are depressed, we often feel similar feelings that he described, overwhelmed, mentally burdened, emotionally burdened, lacking the energy um, or even the motivation to carry on, sometimes despairing of life itself. Now, we know that Paul continued and had hope, and that's the encouragement for us is that we would have hope even in these dark moments of life, knowing that there is still life to live. There is still hope for us, and there's hope for you. Now, another uh, example that I think is important to bring up, I'll just bring up a few more, was the story of Job. Job is an ancient story about a successful man who lost everything. He was the most spiritual human on earth and the most successful vocational business person on earth. He was quite uh, the influencer in his time. And a series of tragic events occurred in his life, and he lost everything. He lost his children, his business, his employees, his wealth, his health, the support of his wife. This was a tragic and painful chapter in Job's life. And it's no surprise that as you read this story, that Job was deeply depressed and overwhelmed by his pain. In fact, in Job chapter 3, he expresses his deep pain, depression, and despair. Let me just give you some of the examples of what he communicates in chapter 3. He cursed the day of his birth. He describes having no joy. He wished that his life would have ended through a miscarriage. He wished that he would have died at birth. He was in a state of misery and turmoil. He hoped for death. He groaned and wept. He was without peace. And he also says that he was restless. Job was depressed. He was in a state of complete brokenness, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. 
And he was honest about it. He was lamenting. And we'll talk about lament in a future podcast, but lament is the language of suffering. Lament gives us the freedom to be honest about our emotions and our pain to God. And he was honest about his emotions and his pain. Instead of suppressing how he felt in his state of complete brokenness, he communicated openly and honestly, which is so healthy in the midst of deep depression. One more example that I think is helpful. Psalm 42 is a really vivid description of depression. The author of Psalm 42 writes about his own personal experience with depression. And there's two lines in Psalm 42 that I think will be really helpful to kind of paint this picture. The first is in chapter 42, verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? So the psalmist is in this state of affliction. He had lost his appetite. He was crying day and night in his distress. He was feeling like the people around him were looking at him um, with some sort of negative aversion saying, where is your God? And then in chapter 42, verse 5, he repeats this line three times in this chapter, but I'll, I'll read it to you. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. So not only did the psalmist lose his appetite, not only was he crying day and night in his distress, but three times he talked about his downcast and disturbed soul. The Hebrew word for downcast, shakak, uh, this word means to melt away or to be in despair. It refers to the sinking of a person's soul in grief or depression. And the Hebrew word for disturbed, hamah, uh, this word uh, means to roar, to moan, or to be afflicted by trouble or grief. It refers to the murmuring of a person's soul inside of themselves in distress. And if you've been in deep depression, you understand that. It's just murmuring of your soul in distress. And what I appreciate about this is in one moment, the psalmist is being honest about his depression. And in the same moment, he's also crying out in hope. So depression and hope are not enemies. You can feel depressed in human suffering, in human pain, and still speak hope into your heart. And I really appreciate that. The reason I point out these four examples to you is because I think they're so honest. And there's so many more examples. I have a whole uh, notebook of research around this. But I want to I make a conclusion, and I want to repeat something that I said previously. The Bible gives an honest and empathetic view of human suffering, including depression and deep human sorrow. It normalizes mental and emotional pain, and it approaches these human experiences from a compassionate and empathetic perspective. You and I would be so wise to reflect the same. 
to develop an honest approach to human pain, to take an empathetic view of human suffering, to normalize mental and emotional pain in a world full of suffering, and to choose to be people of compassion and empathy toward those who are suffering from depression. In a moment like we're living through, it is so important that we get this right. As humans, as followers of Jesus, as people connected to so many people suffering from depression, whether that be mild or more severe cases, depression is complex and hard on all ends of the spectrum. And I want to tell you today, this may be you, you might be in this situation. I hope that these examples bring you hope, deconstruct any shame that you're feeling. And I want to let you know, I have so much love for you. Many prayers sent your way if you are walking through the experience of depression right now. In this moment, you can be honest. You can be open. You don't have to be ashamed. You can talk about what you are feeling and going through. And you can know that just like in these stories, depression is not the end of your story. It's a chapter in your story. It's a part of your story, but it is not the end of your story. There is hope for your life. There are better days ahead. Much love to you. Thanks for joining me today. I would love for you to help us to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send the podcast link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. As well, go check out betterdaysfmly.co for more resources. I look forward to another conversation next week. Much love to you. There are better days ahead.